And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew, your host for all things Amazon and e-commerce uh, here on the Startup Hustle. Today's guest, Luke Uranzel from CloudSite. Did I get your last name right? Uh, Uronsel, but yeah. Uronsel. Okay, we got it. Luke Uronsel. Um, we were chatting up before the show, just really getting to understand like everything that CloudSite can do. Um, super excited to talk to you guys about that. Before we get started, let's give a shout out to today's sponsor, Fullscale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. Luke, uh, you're a young man. We talked about that a little bit, but here in the tech space, like that's where it is. Like I'm, you know, in my company, I'm I'm hiring young, trying to find like people that are willing to like test the boundaries of what's new, what's not there. Um, and I really just believe that like the future is in the youth, you know, so like, building my team, we're a really young team as well, because that's where the minds are as far as when it comes to tech and finding new ways to do hard things in an easier way. And I feel like that's a, a good representation of CloudSight and what, what it does. But before we get in there, you talked about doing some things before. Um, you know, what, how did you get into entrepreneurship? Why did you decide to build, a, you know, a solution to fix this problem? Um, you know, let, get a little bit of your story before we dig, dig, dive into some of the features that CloudSide offers. You know, it's a, it, it's a, it's a long story to dig into, to be, to be completely honest with you. Um, definitely a diverse uh, work history. Okay. Uh, I got around the country a lot, uh, you know, uh, through my college years, uh, playing college football. Uh, so I bounced around. I did like the last chance U thing. So I was in North Dakota playing Juco. And uh, from there, I played Division One for a historically black university called Morgan State. Uh, you know, just so that's out in Maryland. So I went from grew up in Chicago out to North Dakota on the farms, uh, inner city Baltimore. And then from there, I moved uh, and finished up in Las Vegas uh, and okay. then from Vegas, hung out in California. And so, you know, through that, I uh, I found I found a really good way to connect to an assortment of different people. I think that's like a very big thing for entrepreneurs going forward is having a, a good history and being able to actually connect to people and figure out what the issues are, uh, rather from getting around and having experience in this, uh, rather than you know maybe just seeing a problem on the internet and trying to fix it, right? Uh, and so I through that you know history of moving around, I think I just was able to learn a lot of things and I worked in a couple different industries. Uh, and then, uh, ultimately I tried to start a, uh, <laughs> believe it or not, I, I was trying to create an analytic, uh, analytics based system for African startups, um, okay. frontier market startups to be more specific. So Southeast Asia, Africa, uh, and Central America, uh, because of the, you know, under they're understaffed, they're underfunded, all this other stuff. So I wanted to create a software originally for companies like that to be able to keep track of their logistics and supply chain. Uh, I think maybe I was just a little too young <laughs> and it was really tough, like trying to start that up. Cause obviously you're working crazy hours. You're trying to, you know, you're on zoom calls overseas. You, it's, it's really hard to get over and, you know, really have that personal touch and everything. 
And uh, let me, let, let, can I stop right there for a second? So sure. I grew up in Africa until I was 16. Um, so like I grew up around the world and that perspective thing you're talking about, about like being able to talk to different people, um, interact with different people, see what different kind of challenges people have, um, be able to relate to them with their problems for one. Um, but also like, I would say, at least in my experience in Africa, um, and I, I think this is the case, like in, in underdeveloped countries like that, where you were looking to help them because they're understaffed, um, have a lot of extra labor almost, uh, more than they have anything else, right. More than they have tech or more than they have any of that. And they're very slow to trust. Um, mm -hmm. you know, once you get the trust they're, they're in, but I could, just, I could see that as a young man, hard being like, mm -hmm. Uh, you don't have anything already done you have this big idea and then you know you're working on your, the time zone issues like completely different time zone issues and then trying to get buy-in um yeah I, I can relate to that yeah what uh where in africa did where do you uh, where you're uh cameroon as a kid and then botswana kind of as a teenager i was 10 uh 10 to 12 and then congo until i was 16. congo well wonderful yeah actually i, I one of the companies i talked to uh, it was actually a failed startup, uh, and it started in Rwanda, and they took it over uh, to Kinshasa. Uh, okay, that's, and, that's where I grew up. Exactly right. So, um, you know, it, I will say this. You know, I, it's still something I want to go back and do. I still like it, it's just timing. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. timing is there. Sometimes technology hasn't necessarily caught up, and um, you know, you, you hear the reasons as to why they fail. You hear the horror stories in terms of what investors trying to do to, you know, underprivileged countries. Uh, but the one thing that I found that was, was absolutely uh, wonderful was there's, uh, innovation hubs across mm -hmm. these frontier markets. Uh, one of them I'll, I'll shout out and I'll highlight, uh, Bongo Hive. Um, okay. it, like, it, you know, feel free to look them up, but you know, they're offering, you know, they partnered with major corporations uh, like, you know, Google, Amazon, Facebook. And, uh, you know, they're really giving, uh, you know, the youth in their country uh, a chance to develop uh, from an academic standpoint uh, into more of a push towards the future. Like I remember talking to them, there was a story about, you know, one of their students was uh, in their innovation hub was, you know, like building drones, uh, you know, to try and figure out, you know, because if you have a drone and your village is over, but you need to drop off medical supplies, that yeah. drone is going to give you a better chance in trying to do it on foot, you know, and, you know, tra traverse a jungle and warlords and everything. And so they're coming up with problems and, you know, continents like Africa are industrializing like crazy. And I think it's very important that America has a good presence. And as this develops, uh, just because other countries intentions, I don't think are necessarily as good. So yeah. uh, that's another thing that I came to learn from talking to everybody. But the, the best factor of it was you identify a problem. You find a way to talk, communicate with these people. You learn the issues. You keep learning. Uh, and, you know, to, to have tried to make that happen and even failed, the experience that I got from it was uh, remarkable. And you meet incredible people and hear their stories. And that's the most important part. So, Well, when you circle back around to that later in life, remember my name and hit me up. Um, you know, I'm very passionate about, um, Africa and, you know, a lot of things about it. One of the best, one of the best entrepreneur stories I've ever met was, um, there's a very, there's a man that's very important to my family. His name is Felix Caboza and, uh, out in Shasa and saved our lives multiple times, literally. And, um, but he, when he started out, he was selling copies outside of a copy, like, uh, they called them like internet cafes. 
and sure. he stood up he like rented the copy machine and he was selling copies for people that walked by that needed them for 10 francs which is like a le- you know a penny or less i don't know probably less than a penny um and now he owns hotels his daughter is here like studying uh here in the u.s he's built like you know multiple internet cafes um from a guy making 10 francs a copy like you want to talk about a come-up story you know and like what hustle and determination can do um you know, it's incredible. If he can do that, then like, what excuses do we have to do anything, you know? And um, I credit a lot of my ability to think outside the box and be creative. And, um, you know, just the way I think is different than a lot of people. And I'm like, I credit a lot of that to um, being raised in a place like that, where everybody thinks outside the box, because this just doesn't work, isn't really a solution. They don't think like that. They just like come up with a way to make it work. You know, Um, if you, you know, your, your dog bites, you're like, your cord to your laptop and buy it in half, like they're going to splice it back together and make it work, you know, versus exactly. here, go back out to the Apple store and buy it again. So um, yes. a little small plug on that, but like when you circle back around in life, you know, um, to that journey, like I would love to be involved. Maybe I can make some connections or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. I would, I would love to. And, you know, I, I guess I should shout out cloud sites, uh, cloud sites founders, actually, uh, uh, Kennedy Mutetti and, and Dixon Wambua, uh, they immigrated over from Kenya. Uh, and, you know, I, I, you know, and I should definitely have both of them on. I mean, they're like the most incredible people. Uh, and when you think about hustle and, and all of that and you hear their story, it's like, you know, it, it makes it motivates me to continue to keep working hard and keep doing better mm-hmm. every single day to work up because it's a grind and it's pretty grueling. But, you know, like Dixon, for example, came over here and, uh, you know, he's got like a PhD and, you know, was a professor, worked in finance, manufacturing, been all over, um, got an absolutely wonderful family, just a beautiful soul. Um, and, and Kennedy was the, the man with the plan. You know, he identified the problem in manufacturing uh, and, and came up with, with the, the way to fix it and got together with Dixon. And slowly as it developed, uh, I was able to get in uh, and, and start you know, talking to them and slowly just pulled the trigger on joining up with them. And, uh, you know, so I took over as the, uh, the chief growth officer over there. Uh, and so everything's been going really good. And, you know, I'm just very blessed, like I said, to see those people grind every single day, be in communication with them every single day, all day. Their work ethic is unmatched, you know, unmatched. Uh, I consider like I am, I'm obviously very white, uh, you know, white male, um, but with an African soul and, um, you know, just like that immigration, uh, immigrant work ethic, that's just like, you know, it's been burning in me since I can remember, like coming over here as a kid and just being like, I'm so blessed to be here instead of being like, this sucks, I'm gonna have to work three jobs to get through school or any of those things. It was all just like, um, you know, that perspective, you know, that you get from traveling or that you get from meeting just one unique person, you can meet one person in your life that just kind of changes things for you. Um, We interrupted your story a little bit. Okay, so um you you failed you like failed if you want to call it that or like you know gave up on that first project which was like the the innovation hubs and things like that what was next uh you know i what was next you know i uh i wanted to because i guess failed is is an interesting word but it just at the moment what i was trying to do just wasn't tangible uh Mm -hmm. so i tried to actually uh I, i wanted to form a 3pl uh, become a cannabis distributor uh, after that because I still understood supply chain and logistics. And there's a major need uh, in this ever-growing industry in cannabis 
uh, and you start looking at the numbers and you start seeing more states legalized. So originally that was the next direction I wanted to go. Uh, unfortunately, it's very tough to get insured as a 22 year old. Uh, now I'm a little bit older, but um, you know, so I, I wasn't able to get past the regulations because anyone who knows that industry knows uh, it's incredibly strict. And then you mix Chicago politics into that one. And <laughs> it's, you know, out the window. So now, um, now, now Oklahoma, I think you only have to have a hundred dollars to get a grow license or, or to have a shop. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not to hold me to it, but I heard something about Oklahoma kind of changing the game for everyone else by making it super easy. Um, yeah. Things change fast. Oklahoma, Montana, uh, places like that. They're really like, they, cause they, they want people to come grow business, you know, in, in the city of Tulsa, they'll like pay you money to even come live there. And like, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, they're trying to grow business how they can grow business and you know they know that that avenue is good and they know that they could distribute out of that the day that it, you know you have national legalization they want to be a hub i think they're smart yeah probably the most lucrative crop that there is to grow right now so um okay so 3pl cannabis kind of hit a roadblock by being young and people not wanting to insure your business um how did you connect how did you connect with these guys uh you know i when I was looking for the next thing for myself, honestly, I, I started demoing every software out there. Uh, okay. I, I, I hit up companies. Uh, I, I went on Crunchbase, Angel's List, um, and I, I hit up every company I could find. And I just I wanted to learn more about, you know, some, what they were doing and, and really get versed even deeper into the industry. Uh, when I came across CloudSight, um, I was able to get on a demo with them. Uh, in, it's not they, it's a young company, a uh, young startup. Uh, and as soon as I saw what they were building and what they wanted to do, uh, I knew that it was going to be uh, revolutionary, honestly. Like I, that's, that's without a doubt. Um, and I connected with them incredibly well. Uh, and so it just after, you know, a little while of, of staying in touch with them, you know, the opportunity came around for growth uh, for CloudSite. And uh, with that came me. So... Okay incredibly you know happy to be a part of the team and everything and uh there was not in my in my there was there wasn't a better decision i think i've ever made uh so uh, it's just everything is every single day has gone up and up and up and it's very rare to see that with uh, young companies especially in tech because they hit roadblocks and they hit roadblocks and hit mm -hmm. roadblocks um and it's not saying that we haven't but every single day has shown more and more uh, good and more and more promise, more and more helping people and more and more development. Uh, so it's, it's been wonderful. Awesome. So like, you know, when we jumped into the show, I was like, I really want to make sure like when we talk about cloud site that we're making sure that myself as well as any other listeners can really understand how it can help them, how it can benefit them, what it does. So I want to get into some of those details. Um, you know, I, I was saying before, like I'm launching several of my own brands as well as work with you know, Marknology has about 50 brands we work with. They're all sourcing products at different times, like developing products. I have one brand that launches 200 SKUs a year every spring. Um, you know, that's common, right? Uh, and even in my own mind, I'm like, okay, I'm launching a clothing line. I've got, um, you know, more of a commodity product I'm launching. Um, I've got landlocked apparel um, that all have like supply chain and, you know, dealing with manufacturers on a regular basis. Um, is this something that can help the small guys as much as the big guys is this something that's like tailored for a specific need um as someone building brands for e-commerce is this for me yeah a hundred percent um you know it's it's the the good thing is with development 
uh, it's it's really tailored for everybody. Uh, but for for someone like you, which you just described, it, it is absolutely tailored for that. Um, you know, we want to be able to give a uh, you know a modern system uh, to help supply chain operations uh, and you know help product development and engineering teams. And uh, you know, even if you don't have a full team, we we built a system that is so in, intuitive and. Uh, designed for growth that smaller companies uh, can utilize it. Uh, and they are. So, um, you know, to be able to manage, to have an ERP type system, a more modern ERP type system, but not have to pay, uh, you know, SAP dollars for it. Uh, you know, it's, it's something that small to mid-sized businesses need. Um, and they don't have an option to get that, at least to manage every aspect of it and keep information safe, you know, manage the purchase orders, everything that we were talking about a little bit earlier. Uh, but, you know, so yes, it is uh, 100%. Okay, so like, let's walk through kind of, um, you know, what it manages, like the POs and the orders and like the flow and like, how does it how does it make my life easier if I'm trying to talk to China about getting a product made? Yeah, so uh, everything is so, so it everything funnels the information, it's centralized. Uh, so it's a cloud based system. Uh, so, so say you're working with let's, let's just walk through it. Like, I'm going to dumb this down because I really feel like this is something that can go over some people's heads and them not understand really why they need it. Um, but like, for instance, I'm communicating with China. Um, so there's a broker there typically that's going out and reaching out to manufacturers if I'm sourcing a new product, unless I've already got one. And so maybe I'm reaching out to her and I'm like, hey, Christine, I'm going to make up a name, Christine, instead of Karen, Christine, uh, like I need you to sign up to CloudSite. You know, here's your free access. Like I have an account. Um, I want all of our communication to go through here. Um, you know, here's my plans and my specs for what I'm trying to build. And that's where I'm starting. Um, is it a way for it to like, you know, I think we talked about protection, right? So number one, one of the benefits is that just like my communication with her, you know, maybe in China or wherever she is in the world, Brazil is, is safe, is, is protected. Is that correct? Yeah. IP is protected. Yeah. Uh, when you have a two-way system. Uh, so, uh, so say you have... Uh, five different suppliers, right? Uh, you know, or contract manufacturers, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, we allow you to add all of those people, and we don't charge for that. All those okay. those contract manufacturers, uh, and so all they simply do is log into CloudSite, uh, and you have access to not only everything but them as well. So it's everything is is locked, right? There's there's what nothing. I can allow to- them to see or not see. Is that what you mean? Exactly. Kind of like, okay. Well, yeah. So say you send over those specs you got a revolutionary product you know, cause right. you're a smart guy, right? So you got a revolutionary product and uh, you don't want to see that get reproduced. Well, you have a, a way to now keep that safe uh, in, in one centralized place. And also all those emails you're keeping track of with those five suppliers, you miss one and that could be a problem, right? Like, you, you know, like just channeling emails can just be one of the biggest pains for businesses. Um, and, you know, people are hired to literally sift through that stuff, you know? Yep. Uh, yep. And so everything, all your emails and stuff are all there as well. It's just one centralized location that prevents data siloing across an assortment of different areas. Uh, and, you know, you have in a way to really increase that collaboration. So how many users you have that are able to make that communication and you're able to keep track of your team, you're able to do an assortment of things. Uh, while keeping everything safe uh, and managing those purchase orders, and for example. So is it kind of like, an, does it work kind of in like a, an assembly line of sorts? Like, you know, from that initial conversation and you're moving down the process of like, let's say a reorder or like making a purchase. Is it like, does the system help you 
kind of move through that process with someone. Um, you know, as someone that hasn't demoed the product, I guess I'm just very interested in like, you know, yeah. um, how this can help me. You know, we talked about it being able to replace a human um, in regards to like needing to hire someone specifically to help you do that because maybe it's getting overwhelming. And this is something that can kind of keep that need at bay. Um, yeah. You know, does it work through the process and you can like log in and be like, let's say you have eight different projects going on. You can see where this one is. You can see where this one is. You can see where this one is kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, the way that it's set up and actually I'll, I will definitely take some time after if you would like to see it, I would love to show it to you. But um, and, and anyone who would be interested, feel free to reach out. But um, okay. you know, it's, uh, it's it's one of those things where the way it's set up, you know, so you could start with like a purchase order. Right. And it's automated. So, like you know, you plug in that stuff in, it's popping up for you. And then it goes down to what's pending, like what's in approved, what's in rejected. Uh, you know, where is it? Watching all, all that type of information. Um, okay. So yes, completely down the chain, all the way to receiving everything and actually uh, properly executing. Right. So even the product development side for engineering teams, if the engineering team is, you know, if you have one or uh, if you're managing it yourself or whatever, it may it's, be. it's me, it's me, it's me. Yeah. But, but like, yeah. 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 So say like, so say it's just you, right? Like you have that entire process all the way down and multiple different ways to manage it. Uh, product lifecycle management as far down as, as that being able to also make change orders. So the next time that you have to send something out, you can make that revision uh, and you know that it's not going to be an issue because you know that it's on the other side. So they can make that with your contract manufacturer, whatever it may be. So trust that they have it, trust that they have access to it, trust that, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's protected. I love all of that. So another big thing we talked about was, um, you know, it's just a very sophisticated program, but at a price that's not like the oracles and, um, you know, big competitors in that way. How are you guys able to compete at a level like that and, and keep the price so low? You know, a, a big part of that is, I think it's, it has to do with the, with the age, you know, and making sure that, you know, you have, uh, you're, you're able to provide something and make sure that it, it works across industries. Uh, so the other thing too is, you know, sometimes money isn't always the thing that matters. I think that's a really good way uh, to put it because you, you start talking to these, these guys, right? Uh, a lot of companies that I'm sure you've talked to where they have six employees, maybe seven employees, and they have a great product and they're working, man, they're working really, really hard and they need something like this, but they can't afford it. They need to hire people, but they can't, right? Sometimes you have to, you have to, take a step back from that financial piece and just make sure that those people are, are okay and they have something that they can use. Um, you know, I think if money is the sole drive for why an entrepreneur does what he does, I, I, I think that's a big reason as to why people fail. Um, yep. you, gotta, you know, you want to solve a problem. And the problem is not enough companies have something like this. So put it in their hands and let them use it. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, as someone that helps businesses in the Amazon space, um, you know, I do a lot of things uh, over the last nine years. You know, my business turned seven in August. Um, I've done a lot of it, at least like the last seven years that were not money driven, right? Like investments into the business, um, you know, taking chances with brands that couldn't afford us. Um, you know, talk, I'm talking to videographers all the time and I'm like, I can't sell these brands a $15,000 video. You know, I right. need something around $3,000 and like, you know, as video has changed, um, you know, you're starting to get people that will operate in that space. But 
you know, you start to see these gaps and it's like, you know, um, how can I serve that customer? How can I start, how can I serve that market? Um, so no, I love that. Love that answer. Yeah, and you certainly are. I mean, you highlight so many, so many great business people, uh, so many great entrepreneurs, so many great products. Uh, even I, you know, we'll give Jessica a shout out. Uh, I talked to Jessica a couple of times before coming on, um, part of your team, obviously. Uh, and you know, her and I had some conversation about even, uh, you know, venture capitalists, you know, going out of their way to help certain areas and, and everything. She, when I, we were explaining about like my football career, right. Uh, like she told me a story about how there's VCs. Uh, I believe there was one in Nebraska that was trying to help athletes, uh, because they, they know that their brain, it, it works hard because of how it transfers from football and other stuff like that. College athletics, they know they have grind. They know they have, you know, an assortment of good things that make good entrepreneurs. So they take the time to build those. Right. Uh, I think those types of stories are great. Uh, you know, it's awesome to see people make money too. Uh, but it's, it's even better to see people make a difference. Yep. I love that. And I think that you're right when you're like, if that's the main motivator, like for me, um, just taking a minute to talk about entrepreneurship in general, you know, like I started out um, playing music and I, I moved from Hawaii um, in 07 and joined a band here in Kansas City pretty much right away. I didn't have friends, you know, so I was just like I was on Craigslist. I saw uh, and I went and tried out and, um, you know, they became one of the bigger bands in Kansas City. They actually have launched like those guys now at this time have launched a church that's one of the fastest growing in America. Uh, probably because the music's great, you know, tooting my own horn a little bit, but those guys are so talented. Um, but, you know, what I figured out, that was kind of my first business. And, you know, we talked about uh, fail isn't the right word, um, you know, but for me, it was like freedom was my motivator and geographical freedom, being able to do what I want, be a creator. Um, you know, I was creating, we were creating shirts and album art and music and, you know, music is just creating a product, a digital product, right? And, and it makes more sense now in the Spotify world, but in the days of CDs and things like that, you know, you're creating a product. And, um, you know, there's a moment where for me, it was, I've got some level of freedom, but there's a, there's a part missing, which is that financial freedom part where money came in. And as someone that was raised to missionaries, um, you know, my relationship with money and finance being the motivator was like, almost seemed taboo, right? Like, so being in a band, like you sacrifice a lot, you know, you're living with multiple dudes in a house to be able to afford like all the music gear you want, be able to tour for three months at a time. And you're making a lot of sacrifices around that, um, you know, but it w once I kind of changed that, I was like, you know what, there's actually... Um, relationship I need to work on. And that's my relationship with money. Uh, and so I've kind of, I'm the kind of the reverse, not super money motivated, but now I'm more mon money motivated than before. But my motivator is still freedom, whether people realize that, you know, from the outside of Instagram or like see me building, you know, businesses all the time, and it's money, money, money. Um, the motivation is not the money, you know, and right. I think that's the secret weapon. That's the secret weapon that people don't know is that, you know, for me, it's freedom for me. Um, we're a family owned business. So fam freedom for my sisters and quality of life. Um, almost every single decision we've made has been around quality of life and getting more freedom in our choices in the, in the everyday type of stuff, like driving in traffic or not driving in traffic or um, not working with this brand because they're assholes or, you know, just like being able to have just like even some of the smallest freedoms that we take for granted. Um, and that in turn has created what I have, right? The, the money, it's brought the money, it's brought the finances, brought all of those things. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of people have it backwards. 
Yeah, think about your background. We talked about it earlier, right? We talked about the the value of being traveled uh, and getting experiences that not everyone gets to have, right? Uh, with how traveled you are, you got to see every socioeconomic background, you know, every ethnicity, every, you know, you, you got you got to see parts of the world not everyone got to see. Um, and and you know, like, I think that is a big driving factor for how people do business because they always relate that to it. Deep in their brain, they might not know that when they're talking to someone, they're still reading that file in the back of their brain from Botswana or, or, or from Congo, mm-hmm. but they are. Uh, and, you know, you can read people incredibly well from a business perspective being traveled too. But you got to see all these different types of people. So you understand where sometimes like you can bring value uh, from that perspective. And if that doesn't involve money, but when it when that money does come, you know that you still have the values and that core belief. You had that before the money. So it's really like that's the most valuable part about it is then when you have the money, like what do you do with the money? How do you spend the money? Who do you help and how do you help them? And, you know, giving Mm -hmm. people a platform like you give them uh, and still being able to balance all those values is a major, major thing just as a, you know, success piece in life. Yeah. When you know that there's happiness out there in the world, uh, we live in America that's very materialistic. You know, I love this country. Um, and you appreciate it more when you've traveled abroad, I'll be honest, like than you ever can if you've only been here. Uh, so for anyone listening, you know, like people are always coming from their perspective, but like at an early age, um, all the way up through 16, I saw people all around the world have nothing and be happy. Um, and that is something that's like, there is a, you have the ability to be happy without all of these things. And so then you learn, um, now that you have these things they're an add-on it's like a watch it's an accessory you know to be able to be like cool now i can play on my four-wheeler if that's the case you know and that's a fun thing that costs money to do and it makes your life maybe a little bit better because you're having fun with your guys doing it or something uh but it's not it's not a need to be happy right it's an addition so whether you take that into business or not um you know i make decisions around my business all the time that are not money driven um you know it's is this helping somebody else? Is this improving the quality of life of my team? Like we're, we're moving into a new building um, and 100% we're in the pandemic. Like I don't need to be in a new building. Um, you know, we can all work remote, um, but there's a quality of life piece. Like I've built a team that enjoy being, there's 15 of us. We enjoy being around each other. Surprise. Like, you know, it doesn't usually exist in a lot of teams, but like we've built a team to enjoy each other. Um, We're collaborative. We come up with ideas together. We brainstorm problems. Um, And so for me, it's important to create a space that we all enjoy being in um, Mm -hmm. and that we can like do amazing work. And that is something that's actually probably like if we're looking at the bottom line um, as a company is doesn't help my bottom line. It's not making me more profitable to move into, you know, this building, for example. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's something that ultimately drives the happiness factor of it, you know? Sure. It's the most important thing, man. If you, if you're rich and can't sleep at night. (laughs) Right. And, you know, and I just think about your founders and I'm like, you know, they probably have a very similar perspective and you know, the ways that they grow up and um, you know, the problems they're trying to solve. And um, you know, we, we work with a lot of brands that do a lot of good, um, and it's, it's just, a, it's just a little extra cherry on top, um, you know, getting to do those things and solve those kinds of problems. Um, you know, lo- getting logistics. I remember being in Africa, um, and like to get a package from home. I mean, back then, like a call, uh, it was $10 a minute to call home to call my grandparents or whatever. Um, it was $10 a minute before Skype and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but to get like a DHL package, I think they call it DHL, DHL, that's how they say it there. But, uh, you know, to get a package was like, you know, so incredibly expensive. 
um, you know, to turn some of those countries into international, you know, so like create the supply chain coming from Africa, coming from China. China's more sophisticated, but some of these underdeveloped countries um, is quite the challenge. And, and there's a huge need for it. Yeah, 100%. I read somewhere like really early on when I was interested in doing what I was doing that like 50% of those deliveries like don't get made, you know, and, and now you have e-commerce over there. Um, slipping my mind. Uh, it's like the Amazon of Africa. Jumia? Jumia? Okay. Jumia? No, I yeah. haven't. Yeah, I think it's, I believe it's called Jumia, but you know, like you're getting these excellent countries going and building the infrastructure of, of, of Africa. And it's like very beautiful to watch. Uh, you know, like the, there was a, I believe his name was uh, Adamola Adesanya is like putting solar panels. He got, he started a company to put solar panels on Nigerian businesses to make sure that that okay. power is running. Like, you know, in, in, I feel like when you have a, a certain type of mindset and you've been around, like I said, like the idea is to help, you know, like you're, you're remembered. So it's like, when you die, like, how do you want to be remembered? Right. What's your legacy? What's yeah. Your legacy? Exactly. Do you have a legacy you know, and- or like a rich old dude that's everyone kind of hated and was terrible with his money sat, you know, it's like, I, I, I would much rather be remembered because, you know, you, you built something that people who really needed it used and it created value and it created them value. And so that's and what I we're think, doing. And I think for guys like me and you, Luke, it's like, um, even more important because we're the younger generation of white male in this country and, um, you know, changing the legacy changing the legacy of like, what, how do we want to be remembered? Like, I don't want them tearing my statue down, you know, yeah. uh, you know, just just put it out there. We don't usually talk that kind of stuff, but um, you know what, like I'm on social media, if you were to read some of my hashtags, it's like the legacy chapter. I've been saying like the legacy chapter for a while. Cause I feel like I'm in that part of my life where this is where you can like really make a difference. Um, you know, and I mean, we can, we can go down left field, but I just love talking about this kind of stuff. Yeah. So well, it's, honestly, it's incredibly important. You know, I, I, I grew up with an immigrant father, actually, uh, you know, he was, he was born in Turkey and, you know, came through Canada to the United States. I just um, went to Istanbul last year, by the way. Yeah. It, great, yeah. Great. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's a beautiful country. And, and, you know, like, but I got a lot of my hardworking value. I know from him, you know, like I, I know for a fact, I got a lot of it because, you know, he, you know, you kind of have to hustle from a very young age and, you know, society, I think maybe in America does kind of wait on people a little bit. I, you know, I'm not hating on America, even it's the greatest country in the world, but you know, like, I think when you like, there's a lot of consistency that I see growing up in Chicago, living in Baltimore, living in Vegas, living in Los Angeles, places like that, where you see the influence and international presence making a massive difference from a business perspective. Uh, And that's because they know how to hustle because that's how they had to get it. Right. They had to do it to eat. Like, right. So like the things we're working about, worrying about in this country is the reason why we have to be so intentional about what we're doing, because um, they don't have time to think about that, at least in places like Kinshasa with like 98% unemployment in a city of 12 million right? That's insanity. Number one, mm-hmm. number two, like they work Monday through Sunday, uh, because that's, they work to eat that day. Right. And the yeah. whole family goes and does that to eat that day. And it's all of them contributing together to be able to get by. Um, and when you grow up that way, you don't just stop being that way because you move somewhere else. Right. You're like, wow, like now I actually only have to work eight hours instead of 12, or maybe it's 12 hours instead of 16 or five days instead of seven or whatever it is. But, um, you know, even the issues we're dealing with in this country, from my perspective, it's like 
we have privilege to be even able to think about these things instead of, you know, being outside where, well, one, I would die working outside because I'm a redhead. Uh, but like, you know, just constantly being outside in the sun just to feed our bodies. And instead we're like, you know, sitting discussing world issues and political issues like you know under like that is a um that's a roman type of thing right that's a that's a top of the food chain type of problem um being able to do it in air conditioning you know yeah yeah exactly you know so it's like it's crazy yeah no um loved Istanbul. i went there during the pandemic in july actually of 2020 um but it was incredible city i was there a week um just absolutely loved it i think it was extra amazing because there's like no tourists or anything you know so i'm just kind of getting to experience it like um yeah as authentic as it could be yeah yeah beautiful beautiful history have you been i have not actually it's definitely on my list uh i you know i want to go i want to go everywhere to be honest with you um actually botswana is on my list as well i heard the beaches in botswana are like next level like you know i i've heard that about botswana for sure um so yeah there's there's an assortment of different places i really want to go to where dixon and kennedy are from um you know i i want to be able to get around so you're young uh, you've got plenty of time i really didn't even start i didn't get my monies right and um i really couldn't travel when i was a corporate e-commerce manager or or like you know because after the after the band time, I really jumped into corporate, like I had a degree in networking and security and then moved into e-commerce, fell in love with e-commerce. Um, but, you know, it's those quality of life things. Um, and I had two weeks a year to travel. And my mom lived in Tampa, Florida. And, um, you know, I spent two weeks, you know, a week here and a week there going and visiting my mom. Um, you know, he's one of the most important people in my lives. Most of us would say the same, you know, and it's like, do I go to um istanbul or do i go to tampa to see my mom you know around christmas and it's easy decisions right at that point and um it was really wanting to be able to travel to places like that um and uh i hadn't so like whenever i left congo for uh i was actually left at gunpoint it was very like traumatic um you know we were kind of like stopped on the way to the airport and um, held up by soldiers and then you know they rode us all the way in and we actually had to call a police chief and pull in some favors to be able to get on the plane and as it's pulling away and you know just like really traumatic and um, you know that time was 2001 so it was just uh, a lot of stuff still going on there from Rwanda and all that and uh, I hadn't traveled because I was just like afraid kind of to be outside of you know my safe zone again and um, maybe about five years ago, I went to Berlin. It was the first place I'd been like in my 20s, like older 20s, um, yeah. and just got the bug again hard. So <laughs> you still you still got some time. And, um, you know, but that's where we learn. Like, you know, as entrepreneurs, I'm like, what what really pushes me to the next level? What really brings me back inspired, ready to build, ready to grow, ready to crush it? And I'm like, nothing like travel. Nothing like travel. So supply chain, speaking of travel, let's, let's bring it home. So once again, shout out to our sponsor, FullScale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. Talking about, uh, you know, underdeveloped countries and things like that. The FullScale team um, is amazing. They're based out of the Philippines in Cebu City. If anyone's ever heard of it, it's like Silicon Valley. Um, so I use FullScale.io for development needs, anything you need. Um, you know, we're in a, we're in a talent shortage. I know that me being an Amazon consultant, like, 
good luck trying to find me to hire in your company. It's like impossible. Same thing with like finding high end developers. They're just like, it's a, sh it's a shortage. Fullscale.io is a great place to start that search. Um, so if you guys are even, you know, needing developers, like that's a good place to start. You can talk to Jessica or myself. Um, but like, so what's next? Like, I think one thing I wanted to talk about was like, I like to talk about what's next or something you guys are working on as a company um, that you guys are excited about. Um, you said that like from the first time you talked to Jessica to the day, a lot had kind of changed or you guys had had released some new stuff. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we really we, we really finished the, the first chapter, in, in my opinion, in terms of building the product. Um, you know, we Originally, I, I feel as though we focused very heavily on the supply chain collaboration, uh, but now we've really developed everything in a direction of uh, being able to have that uh, and also the uh, product development uh, and engineer for engineering teams and everything and okay. that, that side of it has really elevated CloudSite in a different direction. Uh, you know, we still can help the consumer products, right? Uh, but now our direction is also more trying to help build companies that are building the future uh or so like, the supply chain part yeah yeah uh, like robotics companies uh you know that are that are finding ways to you know create products that are better for business more cost efficient for business uh make things easier and and, and assortment of things like that so a lot of robotics companies um you know drone companies so aviation and uh aerospace companies you know people building stuff going up in space and uh, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, just general hardware, uh, but other stuff like that is now we're able to uh, give, you know, provide a system for not just operations, but product development and for engineering teams. And so when you're able to provide this system to, for example, to a robotics company, uh, you know, let's say they're, uh, they're, they're building a tractor, all right, for precision agriculture, um, you know, trying to make a difference in the world of agriculture. Um when you're able to have a team like that, that also, you know, once again, they're still growing, they're still scaling. They need engineers, right? They right. need engineers more than they need supply, uh, supply chain uh, folks. So, you know, you're able to give them a system that they can use. Uh, you know, once again, that is a more modern type of ERP system and everything that just helps them scale up and grow. Um, just and modernizing an, an, an antiquated, um, you know, um, process. You know, it's yeah. legitimately just bringing modernization to, um, you know, uh, an out of date system. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, like I just think in my brain, if you're building something incredible, that's going to change the world right now, you need to be building it right. You don't need to be worrying about all that struggle of like risking your IP, sending stuff through emails or PDF or whatever it is. Like, don't, don't give other people your innovation. They didn't right. work. You know, uh, when I think of where you have to hire people, you, you don't want to hire more supply chain operations people. You want to hire engineers. It's going to make that thing even better. Right. Like, better. Exactly. And so when you have something so easy to use, I mean, like you, you just you 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 lose the need to, uh, you know, have extra worries in other directions that you just in the fragile state of a lot of these companies, they just can't have. So being able to, like I said, to provide that type of system to these people is incredible. So I think that's the new developments is being able to not only help people with, you know, consumer products, but rather taking a bigger step into the world of, of breakthrough technology uh, and, and really help companies that are building the future. 
I love it. And uh, makes me definitely want to try a demo, just see what it's about. You know, I'm talking to people all the time that are in the product based space, um, you know, and someone developing my own softwares uh, just makes my curiosity, you know, grow. I, I'm developing software for, you know, uh, the Amazon space as well as automation in my business for my account managers, my, um, you know, my supply chain, my my grunts on the ground, so to speak, that are having to build reports and do that kind of stuff. And now now it's at their fingertips, you know, and the amount of time, uh, you know, they're spending their days now doing more things that they enjoy instead of like building out reports and tracking data down. And, yeah. um, you know, so that's I feel like as a CEO, um, as a COO, whatever that position is in your company, like that's your job. Your job is to make their lives easier, make it better. Um, safer, more protected, you know, all of those things. So I love it. We're definitely going to have to set up uh, a demo or something like that so I can take a look. I would absolutely love to. I think you'd, lo I think you'd really love it. <laughs> I think everyone would really love it. So. Awesome. Well, we're coming up on our time, but before we do, if you're thinking about starting your own tech company, uh, be sure to find out Startup Hustle's weekly How to Start a Tech Company episodes um, featuring the mats. This 52-part series takes you from start to finish um, on their journey. Um, it's always fun turning it, tuning into those guys. If you don't, if you're just, uh, you know, a fan of my show, you haven't listened to any of the other host shows, uh, Matt Watson, Matt DeCourcy are absolute, uh, startup geniuses. You know, they have done more, uh, in their lifetime already than most of us will, will. Uh, and if you're wanting to know, like, you know, how to, how to start a tech company, um, you know, what you need to think about what you need to be doing. We have a 52 part series. Um, be sure to check it out. Startup Puzzle or Startup Puzzle TV on YouTube or on Spotify, Apple iTunes. You got it. Um, Luke, this has been uh, awesome. I love just chatting mindset, chatting entrepreneurship, um, le learning more and more about your software. Um, and can't wait to set up a demo. Yeah. I, it's, thank you so much for having me on. And, you know, it's, it's, it's always fun when you can chat more about, uh, you know, things that are bigger and bigger picture stuff too. So awesome. I loved it. Thanks for being on the show. Once again, shout out to our sponsor for today's episode of Startup Hustle, uh, Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Find them on Instagram. Check them out on YouTube. Um, you know, if you're looking for software needs, they are the go-to. I'll see you next time. Startup Hustle. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.